God, thank you, Lord, for your presence today. Whoa. We honor you. We honor you. Wow. We honor you. We honor you, Lord. <laughs> oh. Wow, there. There you are. We love you so much. We love you so much, God. Mm-hmm. What a privilege to love you with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our strength, all of our soul, every bit of us. Yea, God. Not just with our will, but with our affection, our emotions, our thoughts. Wow. Wow, we love you so much. We honor your presence. We love you. We just declare that you are truly the best part of everything. <laughs> you're, so, oh, you're the best part. You're the best part, Lord. Yeah, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness toward us. Thank you for your, your patience, God. <laughs> oh, that you just keep believing. You believe, like we believe in you, but it's because you believed toward us. <laughs> oh, amen. And we ask you for your help today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God, I just pray for your spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you to rest on us this morning. Not only upon me, but on every individual here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a blessing to be able to gather in the presence of God, huh? Amen. Well, the worship was amazing today. Thank you. Can we give a hand to the worship team? Thank you, guys. Wow. So good. I thought we were just going to take off. Well, we did, but I didn't know. I didn't know. We may never come back. Be like Enoch. <laughs> he walked with God. He got so close, he disappeared. That's amazing, huh? It's pretty. I, this is still one of my favorite stories. I think it always will be. You know. Anyway. Two people in the scripture that didn't actually die a physical death. It's interesting, huh? Uh, Elijah was taken up in a chariot and Enoch vanished. (laughs) He got so close to God, he just got absorbed. (laughs) That'd be all right if that happens to a few of us, huh? Amen. Uh, What a way to go. Painless. Anyway, (laughs) it it is entering to glory one day. But, you know what? It can be a long time from now, and that will be just fine. So, amen. Because there's so much to do here. You know? And, um, and really, like, you know, we're not going to get this part back, are we? We're going to live for eternity. But this is the part we never get back. We get to live by faith and honor God and, wow, see His kingdom come. And uh, that's just, that's a good word. Amen. Well, listen, today, uh, I, uh, I, was, uh, I wanted to teach on the gifts of the Spirit today. And uh, the more I processed that with the Lord through the week, I realized I felt like we just needed another running start at the Holy Spirit himself before we start talking about all the gifts. And so some of this is going to be a little bit of uh, 
refresher to start with, but probably not everybody was there. This was, you know, probably a, a couple months ago, a month and a half. And then, um, and then moving into the word for today, which is um, focusing on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, really just the Holy Spirit himself. And um, the baptism of the Spirit was, uh, it is a powerful event in, in the individual's life. And, uh, and the day of Pentecost is, is a powerful and important event to us as believers because something happened that day in the timeline of history that changed everything. And um, I was thinking about how, wow, I mean, this is probably coming later, but, but I was just, I was meditating on this in preparation for today and uh, for this morning. And I was thinking about how the new covenant Wow, what happened? It's amazing. Do you know, because man had been separated relationally from God. And, and so when, when, when Adam was created, God breathed his own breath into him. And, and, uh, and so Adam walked with God in the cool of the day in the garden. And, all he, and he just had fellowship with God. And then because of the fall, that, that's what was lost. The sweet, beautiful fellowship. With God and um, everything that goes along with that, which is pretty much everything and um, everything. And um, and I was thinking about how what God has always longed for. And so we're, we're getting up to. But this really is what to be filled with the spirit of God, to have God himself living inside of you by his spirit. Isn't that it just doesn't it should never get old. It, it's actually a subject that blows my mind more and more as life goes on, you know, and um, I mean, when you walk with the Lord, it, it says the path of the righteous leads upward, right? Brighter and brighter it goes, you know, and that's and that's like, you know, in this life, there are challenges and things like that. But as far as our relationship with God and becoming like him and walking with him, it gets better and better. That's how it's designed to be. And, um, you know, we don't settle down after we get saved. We, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're outshining the new converts because, you know, maybe not in uh, new zeal, but uh, in the deep life of God, the abiding joy, the overflow of his presence, the wisdom that comes from knowing God, the power of God being released, and so on and so forth. That is all an ongoing exploration and discovery. And it's meant to go from glory to glory. Isn't that good news? <laughs> and so, you know, God's not bored and anybody hanging out with them isn't either. And, um, and so <laughs> nobody's bored in heaven. So the 24 elders aren't bored. They have their times filled up just throwing their crown down and putting it back on over and over. And um, I mean, they're not bored. And they're staying fit. And um, and so uh, but I was thinking about how, you know, uh, what God had always has always been after, because this is what we're created for, was that we would be known by him and that we would know him, that we would be loved by him and that we would love him back, you know, and um, and and so even at the mountain where where uh, when Moses was on the mountain Good to see you, Daniel. And uh, and 
and Moses was on the mountain, you know, where the, the law was inscribed in stone and the whole bit. If you read the story, what you realize is that that's not what God was hoping would happen. That wasn't God's plan. That was his okay, if that's what you want. If that's as close as you'll allow me to get to you, I'll meet you there. Oh. And in that, you really find the kindness and the love of God is where he says, I love you so much, I'll be as close to you as I can get. And if there's distance between us, trust me, it's not being created by me. And, uh, and so I think that's for somebody, you know, like I was talking to Ruth. Stand up, Ruth, real quick. This is Ruth Bournes, everybody. You're welcome, her. Um, Ruth is hails from the land of Australia. And uh, she'll be doing third year. Uh, we used to call it an internship. So she'll be doing third year here with us at Mountain Chapel, an internship. We can say it up here. Anyway, anyway no, I'm just kidding. Um, just kidding. It's third year for the recording. And, um, and so um, anyway, you guys will see her. And uh, Ruth uh, loves the Lord. Uh, she's living with us, the Rice family. And, um, and uh, just moved in. And uh, so anyway, she was in my, uh, one of my students in first year. And um, you, you'll hear more about her. But, um, and you'll get to know her yourself. So. Um, but I was thinking about how what God was after was intimacy. And he was actually preparing all the people. This is a major preface to what we're actually going to talk about today. And he, and he was saying, get everybody ready. Come, get them, get them around the mountain. I'm going to talk to everybody. And you can just hear God so excited about it all. He'd been face to face with Moses on the mountain for 40 days. You know, and it was so spectacular that Moses didn't even have to eat. You know, just being sustained by God. Eating's one thing. I don't think he had any water up there on the top of a mountain. Not too many springs just come out of the top of mountains. I guess they can. But anyway, Sinai, there's not one. So, um, and so, um, and, and he's saying, I'm going to talk to everybody. And they said, no, no, no. Uh, don't let them talk to us. We might die. And um, just have them write down the rules, then we'll try to follow them. And, um, and the, interesting that hap- the interesting thing that happens when you have rules over relationship is that now sin becomes a broken rule rather than a violated relationship. You know, and, it, and it, 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 it's, you don't feel too bad if you just kind of broke a rule. You know what I'm saying? But, but when you realize, no, it's actually, it was actually a direct rejection of the heart of God towards man. And then when you begin to really see that, you go, wow, God, what love he has for us. He keeps pursuing us. And so everything changed in the new covenant because he moved right inside of us. And now it's relationship. And he still has ways. But but you understand, like, it's all about walking in the ways of God. And so we get to the baptism of the Holy Spirit changed everything. You being a new creation changed everything. Okay, so uh, you know, being born again changed everything, and then being baptized in the Spirit then imparted a power to our life. And we're gonna we're gonna get going in that. Um, I'm going to be. I have several scriptures today, and so if you're taking notes, it might help if you just jot the scripture down because I probably won't give you time to turn to everyone unless you're really fast on your electronic Bible, like Aaron here. Uh, and, um, and so then you can get there quick, but, um, amen. 
Holy Spirit. Well, listen, let's start with this. Holy Spirit is mentioned uh, 40 times in, in, uh, in 28 chapters in the book of Acts. Think about that. 28 chapters in the book of Acts. In 28 chapters, the Holy Spirit is mentioned at least 40 times. Pretty much tells you the theme of the book. Right? If you can fit 40 mentions of the Holy Spirit into 28 chapters, you got your theme. And, uh, and so the entire book of Acts, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. Somebody decided that it would be called that. Somebody just named it that. And, um, and, uh, but it's actually, you know, many have said it's, it's, more, it's more accurately called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it's all about God moving uh, in, through, around his people. And, um, and, and it's not just through his people. It's around them. It's on their behalf. It's for them. You see God invading in ways that nobody saw happening. And uh, I love the book of Acts. And so um, another basic mention I would say is that Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God. He, he's not. He, he's not. He's not just a feeling. He's not goosebumps. He's not. Um, he's not uh, uh, just wind. Um, he manifests himself in all these ways. And uh, but but it's important to realize that uh, the Holy Spirit is God. And so so it, it's interesting if a Christian is uncomfortable. To, well, let's just say it this way: to be uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit is to be uncomfortable with God and and because God is always looking to be close to us and the thing the thing about God is that he is a little unnerving sometimes but he's he's good he's good he's all good only good all the time good and he doesn't have any kind of hidden agenda or anything that he doesn't have a mean side that he's hiding. <laughs> oh, that came out. I lost my temper. Like, that's not God. God is good all the time. And everything he does is that eventually he is looking to work everything out for our good. And if you can imagine a being, God, who created everything but doesn't need anything, doesn't need anything, doesn't need. I mean, forget like basic uh, you know, um, basic needs that we all have. Like, he doesn't need anyone to give him food. He doesn't need anyone to give him a drink. Right? Basic stuff. But not only that, he doesn't need to be affirmed. He doesn't need to be encouraged. He doesn't, uh, he, you know, he doesn't get down. Like, he, he doesn't uh, get insecure if somebody doesn't hug him enough. Like, he, but, and yet, and yet, he's fully secure and fully satisfied in himself all the time, and yet he's just this fountain of love looking to spill out on everybody. And he goes, I mean, he, and then there's nobody lives unless he creates them. So he goes, I got to create some people so I can love them. It's amazing. And then, and then they, can, they get to know me and love me back. And then when they do that, they just burst with joy and fulfillment in their life. And, and then so then God gets delight out of seeing beings that he's created in his image be uh, be astounded by him and and be overcome by his love. And actually, even when we live our lives out and we have fulfillment of purpose and joy, that is what God loves. And so God's all about overflow. Is that amazing? Because he's a fountain. That's what fountains do. They overflow. 
You know, he didn't say, come to me, the puddle of living water. You know, (laughs) the lake of living water. No, the fountain, the fountain, the fountain. And when we get away from the fountain, what we try to do is we try to create systems or, um, you know, forms uh, of godliness without powers, what they turn out to be. But in Jeremiah, God said it this way. He said, this is the thing I'm preaching right now. I'm going to get back to the teaching. But but he said, this is it's like a preach teach. He said, he said, this is the thing. This is here's the thing, Israel. OK, here's the thing. You've actually you've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and you've made for yourself broken cisterns or like pots, bowls, stuff that's supposed to hold water. So so he's saying instead of coming and just like drinking out of the fountain and you just some gets in your mouth and the rest gets all over you like, you know, instead of drinking from a fountain, a never ending supply you moved away from the fountain. You said, we'll do it our way. We'll, we'll hold our own water. But the problem is those are broken. They leak. And that's why you're dry. Because I've never designed you to be self-sustaining. I've designed you to abide in me. And then when you abide in me, everything flows. And so life isn't something that you can store up and carry around and have a spare like supply in your pocket. Life only flows. This is life. Life. There's something called life and not just the life we live on this earth, but literally the force of life, life itself. God is life. He's the God of all life. He breathes out life, everything. He's the God of the living. He, and, and so life, life, life flows. And that's why God is, is uh, described as like a fountain and, uh, and a wind and, uh, you know, everything he does is moving, you know, and, and when you're in it, you're flowing. And when you step out, you go, you see what I'm saying? But the good news is all you have to do is remember and you're, you're flowing again. And, um, and so, yay, God, for the Holy Spirit living inside you and me. Acts 1, 1 through 8, uh, Jesus, and I'm going to, this is a bit of recap. Well, one of my favorite subjects, so I'm sure we'll talk about it again. What, um, but uh, basically in Acts 1.8, Jesus promised them, you know, it's a great just to read one verses 1 through 8 later on. Um, but he gathered them together and he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Say promised. There's a promise. Uh which he, which he said, you've heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? And then verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus commanded them to wait. Remember? Um, and so uh, Jesus commanded them to wait. He said, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. The disciples asked about what time it was. Remember that. What time is it? You're going to restore the kingdom now to Jerusalem? No. Wrong question. Wrong question. It's time to wait and get the promise. It's time to be my witnesses. How long is that going to go? Well, just keep doing it. And, um, and so that's our mission. And we never got a different one. And so um, the disciples... Yeah, and so Jesus... In the flesh was God with us 
But Holy Spirit is God in us. That's why it was better. When Jesus said, it's better if I go away. It's amazing. I've never clicked for me growing up. But you know, you always hear Emmanuel, God with us. This is the declaration. This is the good news, right? Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us in the flesh. But that's Jesus. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with you and me, okay? But he was God with whoever could gather around one person in a fleshly body. So he's, it's limited. And you can get, he can feed the 5,000, which was many more than that, as they say. But, um, but still, the number is limited, right? And so, so Jesus is saying, it's better if I go. How's it going to be better? Well, let me tell you, because uh, the Holy Spirit who's now with you, is going to be inside of you. Isn't that amazing? You guys are going to have basically what I have. You're going to have oneness with God. Oneness with me. And, um, and, so, and so now, it's no longer just God with us. It's God inside of every human being who believes on Christ and receives this promise. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's good news. Uh, Jesus came with a purpose. He said in Luke twelve forty nine, I have come to cast fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Powerful. So, so this fire is the fire of the Holy Spirit. This is relating to the promise, right? Because, uh, G, you know, because um, John had said, right? He goes, I baptize with water. Somebody's coming after me. He's greater than I because he was before me. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And, and so it's the, it's the Holy Spirit. And so that's interesting to me because then I realized, well, he had to get a deal with the sin factor. He had to make a way for us to be reunited and to be one with God. But, but what he was really excited about when you hear Jesus talk is, and I came to set a fire in the earth, guys. I wish it was already started. Can you imagine the passion of Jesus? I mean, you know what I mean? It's not like in the British accent, you know. I have come to cast fire upon the earth. Like in the movies, you know, like passionless Jesus. And I love those movies and everything, but, but Jesus had passion. And um, he, he, he had a lot of passion, you know, and compassion. And, um, and so uh, Matthew 3.11, uh, well, I just... I just quoted that to you. Um, that's uh, about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, where John said, I baptize with water. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. Um, John fourteen sixteen, Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. That's interesting, huh? Um, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Love that verse. John sixteen seven. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. That's the um, reference to what I quoted you a minute ago. Uh, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. That's John sixteen seven. For if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send them to you. Which Jesus is actually saying, guys, the Holy Spirit's going to be better for you even than me right here. 
And he's the same God, so it's not a competition, but it's just a simple fact that everybody's in. And something that we'll probably talk about later when we talk about the gifts. But you know what I didn't realize, but I was studying this outpouring on, on the day of Pentecost, that it, there's over 15 languages that the men, that, that people heard them speaking when they were speaking in other tongues. How is it that we all hear them in our own tongue? Aren't all these men Galileans, right? And it's interesting because when God spoke the the old covenant, he spoke in one language. But with the new covenant and the outpouring of the spirit, he spoke in multiple languages, pretty much to all the regions, it seems, that were around that area, which in itself says in the old covenant, I have chosen the Hebrew people. But in the new covenant, it's for everybody. I speak everyone's language. Isn't that powerful? It's powerful. God is deep. John twenty twenty two. Um, and so uh, some talk about, what, you know, when you talk about the baptism of the spirit, some people that wonder if it's still for today. There are people who wonder that. And um, and 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 they'll say, well, you know, we're sealed with the spirit. And there's all kind of lang- all kinds of language that people use to get around this this whole subject, you know, and then I'm not judging anybody because these are these are people who love God, who are living faithfully for Jesus, who are witnesses for him. And um, but it is amazing how all of us can say, well, I just believe the word of God. And yet there's something that you've been reading over for 15 years and, you know, and you just didn't see it. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? And so we need the Holy Spirit to open it up to us, to reveal. And um, but uh but in John twenty twenty two, um, after Jesus was uh, born from the dead, after he rose from the dead, he came and he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And um, I shared with you before that I did a, a deep word study on the word receive and it means take it. So that's a deep revelation. Take it. That's what he said. Take it. And um, <laughs> receive it. And uh, so Jesus, <laughs> uh, take it. And, um, and so Jesus breathed on them. They were born again. That's what happened here. This wasn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this wasn't just the promise of this outpouring that happened on the day of Pentecost. Actually, what's happening there is that because the Bible says that the first Adam became a living soul. So God created him from the dust of the earth. Breathe life into him. And it says Adam became a living soul, a living being. But it says the last Adam became a life giving spirit. Oh, that just proves that when God says we're going to do this over, he does it better the next time. And uh, and so and so not only he didn't just go, let's just start over again. He goes, no, we need to uh, we need to we need to do this ourselves is, is what he decided. Right. And, uh, and so he wrapped himself in zeal and worked salvation with his own arm, the Bible says. And, um, and so, so Jesus, the last Adam, basically the new prototype for the human race. So he breathes into them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And what actually happened there in that moment is that's what it means to be born again. They were born. Jesus was the first born from the dead. He breathed life. They were born again. Now born of the spirit. They were born again that day when Jesus breathed on them. And it's the same language, actually, when you study it in 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 the text that it's Old Testament. It's, uh, you know, it's Hebrew and Greek or, you know, it's a different language, but it's the same 
same scenario happening in the garden and with Jesus. It's, it's, it's the same thing when you study it. This is, you know, you know that you can get down to like, the, it means something, right? It has an intended meaning, the scripture. And this is what this was. Jesus was giving new birth to those who were in front of him. Are we good? <laughs> and so he breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. So Genesis 2, 7, that's when, um, when God created the first Adam. And um, so so in other words, being born of the Spirit brought something to us. Okay, instead of serving God externally, we are now one with Him. Do you realize that like the under the old covenant... There, it was people who had heard from God and then were looking to serve God according to what he had revealed. And it was like an external service. And in the new covenant with this new birth, what happens is we are no longer people approaching another another being and just obeying. But literally, we have now become one. There's a marriage that happens. And so now... What I couldn't do in myself, what I couldn't change about myself, he came and he said, our spirits are going to be one. And now everything about me is going to start manifesting in you. And you are going to look the way I actually designed you to look. And you'll look more and more that way as time goes on. As I reveal myself to you, this is how it works. That we get close to him, we see more about him, which changes us. And so it's not willpower like, okay, I will, I will change, I will change. You ever notice you don't? And then, and then, <laughs> you ever notice that? It's just me? And, and then, and then, and then God, he says something to you and it changes something. And, um, and I love that about, love that about God. And, um, and so we're, we're getting down to, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the life of the Spirit. And what I'm looking to do today is really just continue to stir the pot because God is moving in our midst. What a powerful time in worship today. Man, it was, it was beginning to just explode in here. Huh? Freedom. And, um, and you could feel that all over the room. How many just felt today a real significant just liberty? Yay, God, in the room. And so, um, more Lord. Amen. The best way to have more of God is to enjoy, enjoy him. Whatever you know of God, enjoy that portion. That's how you get more. You know, you clear your plate and then you get seconds. <laughs> it's way better than that. That is such a, a low, <laughs> low analogy, but same principle. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we're like, God, come on, do this, you know, and he's just like, hey. Enjoy me. You know, like when you just quit striving and you quit working at it and you just start enjoying God, start, pretty soon that fountain just starts overflowing. And you're like, man, I got more just by enjoying than I did when I was striving and trying and begging. You know what I'm saying? It's like if my kids were like sitting right next to me all day and I was just hanging out with them all day long and they were like, Dad, spend time with us. Dad, hang out with us. Dad. You know, and I'm like, we've been doing this for hours. Like, we're doing it. We're already doing it. Just enjoy it. And um, sometimes I think that is how we are with God, you know. God, 
Where are you? I'm right here. Enjoy it. Enjoy me. And, um, yeah. Uh, I received that for myself. And, um, How important is the Holy Spirit? You know, uh, important enough to where Jesus said, I got a mission for you. Don't do anything until you get this. You actually can't do it. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And um, and all through the scripture. Well, you know, different places, especially I like Acts 19, one through six. Paul comes upon a group of believers. OK, and they have accepted Christ. They've heard the gospel. They've said, yes, we want to follow Jesus. And so, you know, it, oftentimes I think, uh, well, sometimes I think we, as Christians with new believers, we kind of do this. I, maybe we don't. I don't think you guys. But but I, I remember like in church growing up, sometimes you'd see this like they're a new believer. And it was just like, uh, I think they're ready for the baptism yet. You know, it's like you got to, like, build them up to it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know what I mean? And I've just come to realize, like, what are you waiting for? That's when it all actually starts. Like, you don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't go, like, you don't, like, you know, yeah, I received Christ. Maybe in a couple years I'll be ready for the baptism of the Spirit, you know. I'm like, you know what I find? That people just, you know what, when you treat it that way, people just get more leery of God. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes. Sometimes. Is that just me? You're like, you get inoculated. And that, and that fresh hunger sometimes, because they're not actually experiencing the fountain that God has for them to experience, they start getting sort of like bored in their Christian walk. And I tell you, without the Holy Spirit, I'd be super bored. And, and, and like God's presence, His manifest presence in my life, when, when I found that surrender to God... That's what changed everything. And I'm like, I didn't know you were this good. This is everything. This is life. This is everything. I can go anywhere all by myself and I'm never alone. And I don't like to be alone. Like, I, I kind of do. I, I do sometimes. Now that I'm a Christian. But when I, when I, when I wasn't, man, and, and I'm like, but now I like to be alone because I, like I do like to be alone, but I'm never alone. That was the revelation. Like, I'm never alone. When, it's, when I'm alone, it's just me and God. And, uh, and I love being around people, but you got to have that time. And, and, um, and so, so Holy Spirit is not for later or for when you're ready. Um, and it's not for the extra wild Christians. You know what I mean? Like, we're all Christians. The crazy ones over there got the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's normal Christians. It's normal Christians. As a matter of fact, revival, as we have come to call it, Revival is what God does when things get too far from normal. And the church over the years has had this other perspective where there's the normal Christian life. And once in a while, God takes us to the fair and gives us cotton candy and lets us like ride the ride the rides for a day. And then we go back to our normal, you know, rule based life. And, and, uh, and, you know, it's just like, wasn't it fun when God let us have fun for a couple of years in the tent? Remember that? I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. And, um, and, and, and so we have it exact opposite. And the Lord's like, the Lord's like, oh, oh, you're looking a little bored. Oh, they're getting pretty cold. Oh, man, this is too far. I better come with a fresh outpouring. And you know what he does? He starts stirring people's hearts to hunger. And hunger. So hunger is a key today. You write that just right. Hunger. You know, hunger. 
You know, you, you want to be hungry because when you lose your because uh, hunger is actually a sign of health. Do you know, you know, like when you lose your hunger. Like when you just don't want to eat food at all, ever, you know what I'm saying? Something needs to be adjusted. Something's not something's not exactly working the way it should. And, and so hunger is a sign of health. And it's the same spiritually. Like, there's hunger. And there's so much hunger in here. I can really feel the hunger today. And, and every day, actually. And, and people ask me, like, down, you know, they're all down the hill, the people that ask. Because, you know, I'm up here with you guys. And, um, but when I'm down there and they go, how's it going up there? I'm like, it's, uh, we, we just feel like God is with us with every step. It's, we're having so much fun. We are loving it. And, I, and it's one of the things I always say. There is such a stir and such a hunger. The pe- there are, there's a hunger in the people. Yay. More Lord. More Lord. That's good. That's all that. <laughs> Take it. Um, and uh, so, the, so the Holy Spirit baptism is not for the wild Christians. It's for every Christian. Every person. Because God said, I will pour out my spirit on all. All flesh. All flesh. He didn't say he'd pour his spirit out on Pentecostal flesh. Charismatic flesh. All flesh. So good. So Paul comes up to them here in in Acts 19 and he goes, they're like, we received Jesus. And he's like, oh, you did? And here's the thing. Okay, the Apostle Paul. I mean, his first question. So how many know if you're the Apostle Paul? You're going to ask the most important question first. Right? I mean, here's a man who has endured just about every kind of hardship for the name of Christ. He's not playing games. You know, and, and so he, he's going to say the first thing. So what is the first thing he says to them? They're like, yeah, we, we, we believe in Jesus. Oh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? First question. Like, that's good. Did you get the Holy Spirit when you believed? They're like, we haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit. And he's like, get over here. (laughs) Lays hands on him. And it says, so he laid hands on him and the Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It keeps happening. Not just on the day of Pentecost. It's happening every day. Today. Acts 2, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all. Okay, let's look at this. Um, Acts chapter 2. And so we're going to be getting into talking about more about the light of the Spirit uh, in our own lives here, when we, in our gatherings, even in our fellowships. And, and we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit and, and, um, and the different, what that looks like. The outpouring of the Spirit and what it looks like in our lives. Who are the gifts for? Yeah, how many gifts can you have? It's good. My, my spiritual father used to say, he goes, people would ask me what, what spiritual gifts I, I have. He goes, I tell him, I have the Holy Spirit. He has them all. <laughs> I said, that's a good word. I'm claiming that one. He was a good man. He used to say, too, people would go, uh, people would say, uh, hey, uh, release, pray for me to have a double portion. And he'd say, why would you settle for so little? Jesus has the Spirit without measure. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, like just those people in your life that help you like take. Ah, yes, I thought I was looking high, but um, thank you. I needed help. Didn't know it. Which is the case when we really need help. We usually don't know it. Well, sometimes. So the baptism of spirits for all. This. Um, let's read this, okay? Um, and so we we're not going to read today the account of the bat. Maybe. The account of the baptism of the Spirit, okay? But here's what happened. It said they were gathered together in one place and in one mind. There's a word there, and I, if there was a Greek scholar in the room, I'm sure they would tell me I'm, I'm pronouncing it completely wrong, but it's like homo thumidon or something like that. And, and it's a word that means, probably Brian's laughing at me, but uh, <laughs> I'm just going to take it as you're laughing with me, Brian. But, um, but uh, and so... But it, but it means, it means that it means in one mind and in one purpose. There's actually a Greek word for that. And so, um, and the reason they were in one mind and one purpose is because they were all doing what Jesus had told them to do. It's a really good word, you know, like we try when, when we, it's good to make efforts toward unity, but true unity happens when all eyes are on him and he is the one deciding the priority, you know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes we come together for unity, and we can be different and have unity, but um, sometimes clashing agendas, uh, if we can't put those down for a minute, those um, can get in the way of unity. But they were all there with one agenda, one mind, one purpose, because Jesus said, wait, the promise is coming. And, um, and so the tongues of fire came. It came like a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Interesting, it doesn't say that they felt it, but, um, but it said that it was a sound. And so it sounded like wind. They came when the Brownsville revival broke out. They did feel something. Pastor Kilpatrick said he heard what sounded like wind. But then he literally said he felt like <laughs> he said he felt like a river hit the back of his legs. And like, you know, how water hits you and kind of washes up your legs a little bit. And he said that's what he felt from the back and the power of God hit him. And he said, that's when I realized it was the river of God. He said, it sounded like wind, but it felt like a river. Isn't that cool? So you know what I like is it's one thing to read things here. And then when we realize this is true and it's happening today. And, and so. Um, <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit baptisms for everyone. Uh, it says it says that the tongues of fire. The divided tongues of fire or the cloven, it depends on the translation that you're, that you're reading. Um, I, I like to get into this stuff. So, um, the, but it's the, the cloven, it didn't mean that the, the tongues on their heads were cloven. It's, it simply means that this, these tongues of fire came in and they, they multiplied divided. You see what I'm saying? It's not that they were one divided tongue. It was that they multiplied, divided, so everyone had this tongue of fire on their head. And I, I did a word, look, when I looked at that, I thought, what does that mean, tongue of fire? Is this, does it mean flame? And the word there actually, and I, I'm just going to throw this out there, for, the word actually is tongue. It's what you use to describe your tongue. It's tongues. It's, uh, it's actually uh, speaking other tongues. It's, I'm like, did it literally just look like a tongue of fire? I think it just means like a flame, but it's the word tongue. Isn't that interesting? I expected to find something else. I'm sure the Greek language has a word for flame. 
Interesting. All right. And so, so, uh, and I'm, what I'm going to move toward here is um, I'm going to skip over in two because I'm making the point today. Well, all right. Let's read it. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. So that's the New American Standard version there. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit had given them utterance. We'll get more into this entire subject, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there's actually a lot to be said in the scripture about this. Um, so now there were, uh, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when, when this sound occurred, this crowd came together. So it's really amazing. The sound happened, and it wasn't just them in the upper room. Enough people outside to hear it. I guess about 3,000. I don't know. They, they came. They heard this sound. <laughs> and they came together. And uh, so they were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all the why are are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? And then it names fifteen different uh, uh, origins there, or places, languages. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? <laughs> I like that. They didn't have a theological statement. What does this mean? It surely means something. But others were mocking and saying they are full of sweet wine. Interesting note here. Have you ever heard of somebody speak another language? Like maybe you're downtown and you hear somebody speak Spanish in the store and you go, man, that guy must be drinking a lot. <laughs> no, Right. So it couldn't have been the language that made them say they were full of sweet wine. These are, these are logical people. These are real people. They, they don't just blurt out ridiculous things. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So something led them to believe that these men were intoxicated. But, but it couldn't have been the fact that they were speaking another language. And besides, this was quite, you might call it a, an international uh, environment. Think about all these different people. You know how, how, how normal it was to be downtown and hear 15 plus languages, conversations going on, people doing business. Like hearing other languages was not a phenomenon to them. So I'm saying this outpouring of the spirit looked like something. They must have been. What, what did drunk people look like? They must have been staggering, laying around. Who knows what they were doing? Laughing a lot, maybe. <laughs> Nobody was fighting from drinking this wine, though. And, um, and so, uh, and so, which brings me to, and we're just touching on this today. Oh, let me say this. Let me hit this here for you. Uh, uh, chapter 2, um, it says, um, so I, I would like to answer the question here today. Who is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I think it's good to lay a foundation. And you know, it's really helpful when you're having conversation with, with other people sometimes to understand 
what the scripture says. And so um, Peter stood up and did a great job saying, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Explain to them, guys, what you're seeing here. This has been prophesied. This is that, as we say. And um, and then he goes on to say, and I'm just going to skip through verse 33. Therefore, having been exalted into to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is the promise. Remember, he said promise? The promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For it is not David who ascended into heaven. And he goes on to say that it's about Christ, not David, even though it was um, written by David. Now, when when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent each of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here, I love how plain this is. Okay, it says, for the promise, it's for you. It's for your kids, your children. Oh, and it's for all who are far off. (laughs) That's pretty much everybody. And oh, and for all that the Lord God will call to himself. And so Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the father draws him. So if, the, if, so if you have come to the Lord, you have been drawn. Therefore, evidence, God is still calling people to himself. And Peter is saying, as long as God is calling people to himself, this promise is for them. It's for you, your children, their children, all who are far off, whoever God calls. That's who the baptism of the Holy Spirit's for. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. And um, that's good news, right? Amen. And so growing up uh, in the in the church um, that I grew up in, thankfully, it was there was a high value for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there was a pretty hardcore teaching about what the evidence of this baptism was. And they would say, have you which I'm, I love it. I, I'm so thankful for the foundation of it. Right. Because it did create value for me, both for the baptism and for the gift of tongues, the evidence. But. But they would say, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? That's how it would be. And so basically, if you haven't spoken tongues, you haven't received the baptism was kind of the thing. Now, I would like so so you would say, well, we'll get into this when we get into the gifts. But some people might go, well, does everyone have to speak in tongues? And I would say, why wouldn't you? Why would you be? Why would you be without a gift? We'll get into that later. Why? But um, it's a gift that's available. And um thing about a gift is you get to receive it or not receive it and um and uh, god loves you but um <laughs> but but we can see at least two there's at least two direct manifestations that happen in acts it said that they would they would speak in other tongues and they would prophesy you know it's interesting side note i was just saying to the lord i i read that and um it was actually this morning as i was uh, looking over this and uh uh, this morning I said, God, I want to see people prophesy when they get baptized in the Spirit. Yeah. And then he just reminded me that I did just see that at a youth camp. And I was like, oh, yeah, she got baptized in the Spirit. That's what happened for her. All these kids got baptized in the Spirit and experienced God in a fresh way. And and this one girl got baptized in the Spirit. And then when she when she um, 
she was kind of like, she was on the floor, like on her knees or something. And, and it was like, she started speaking and she just started prophesying. And, and the, the kids all circled around her. And anyone who got around her, she would just start, she was like in this like vision state. And like, like whoever got around her, she would start seeing things for them and just start prophesying. Oh, I see. And she'd start prophesying. And then, and then another person would come. Oh, and she'd prophesy over them. And then I came around and she prophesied over me. And, um, and, uh, and it was awesome. Yeah. And so anyway, isn't that cool? Like that's, uh, you know, it's cool. I'm like, I want to see that. He's like, Oh, you're doing that already around us. Yay. More of that. What's interesting is that I knew she'd been, she had a defining experience with God, which sometimes we call that. But, but I realized, oh, that was the baptism of the Spirit that she received. Because that's one of the, what's one of the gifts or the evidences is that you could just prophesy a whole bunch. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, and so Saul had a taste of that. He got into the company of prophets, came away and started prophesying too. And so, um, so, uh, but here's what I would say that one of the evidences I would say that you have been baptized in the spirit is that there's power on your life because that's what Jesus said would happen. He said that you would get boldness to be a witness. And I, and I, don't, and I don't mean this to be like, well, you know, don't start doing that thing. You know, don't start comparing your life with someone else or what you're carrying compared to what someone else is carrying. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but I will tell you that Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I just thought, so that's the evidence. Like, that's, well, I guess that's the fruit or the, the, uh, the outcome. That, that's what happens. But that's a definite sign that you know you have had a baptism of the Spirit because something about your life changes after that. You know, I've heard things about people that where they've had cycle in their life, a cycle in their life that they can't, you know, maybe a habit they can't break or they're bound to something and they get baptized in the Spirit. And I love this testimony. Yeah, I struggled. I was a Christian for this long. I struggled and struggled and struggled with that. And then I got baptized in the Spirit and never struggled with that again. And I'm like, oh, man, the power of a transformed life. This is the Holy Spirit. And so, this, so, so many things happen. Let's just say this. Many things happen in closing um, in the presence of God. Healing, deliverance. You know, when God shows up, God starts being God. And he just does what God does. Like, I've been in meetings where, like, like, where you're like preaching over a roar, you know, because at some point God takes over and you're like, do I stop? No, I think I'm supposed to keep preaching. So you're just preaching over a roar of what God's doing. And then like, and then finally you're like, well, I'm just going to dive in. So, you know, then you just walk around you just start blessing what the Lord's doing. Receive yourself, drink it up. But I remember one time I was walking around and I came up from this, this young man, and he was sweating, and 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 I was like, and a couple of the couple of people around him were a little concerned that maybe maybe it wasn't actually the Holy Spirit manifestation that was happening there, and um, and I so I got down and I just asked him a couple of questions to see because I did kind of you know piqued my my discernment interest you know not like in a bad way I'm not concerned either way to be honest because. If he's getting free, well, freedom's happening. So, 
good God loves him. There's nothing wrong with him. You know what I mean? Something's getting out of his life that's been holding him back. And so, so I get down and I'm like, hey, I ask him a few questions. And then I realize he's getting delivered by the power of God because God's presence is so strong here tonight. And no one had to cast the devil out. He just got into the presence where it was strong enough. And God delivered him. And he had this. And so it was like basically this this encounter with God just came upon him, this power. So he was encountering God and this other thing just couldn't hang. And it was trying to hang, but it, it couldn't hang. It had to go. You know, I saw a guy get ba- get delivered because we baptized him in water one time. Yeah, and he loved the Lord. He'd surrendered his life to the Lord. But he was fairly newly saved. We baptized him in a pool of water. Came up and he's coughing something up. And, and it wasn't water. And, um, and, uh, and it was cool. Like, and it was cool because there's like no shame in it. You know what I'm saying? There's no shame when someone gets delivered. It, it's like we've all needed to be saved and delivered. And, and so, so it was, it's just cool. Like when, I love it when God is just being God in his midst and in our midst and we're not, we just partner instead of work. So lots of things happen. He gives power. This is what the Holy Spirit does inside of us. He gives power and boldness. He cries, there's a, he cries, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit of God inside of us that actually stirs up our intimacy towards God, where we begin to relate to God as a father and no longer a taskmaster or some kind of like mean God, you know, who's, you know, sitting on a throne, you know. It's like the Spirit of God comes inside and pretty soon you're like, it used to be, well, God, you know, God. And now you're like, Daddy. Everything changes then. So we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit of God inside of us reveals the mind and the thoughts of God to us, which, is what, which was the cry of Moses, teach me your ways that I might know you. Like, like Moses longed for what we have. I longed for what, what he had, what he experienced. But you know, we have something that, that he didn't have. um, So he makes us one with him, intimacy with God. He transforms us into his likeness and produces the fruit of the spirit as we abide in him. He teaches us and reveals the nature of God to us. And he reveals himself to us, which that actually is what changes us. As we see him, we become like him. And he guides us into all truth. Um, What can it look like? It could look like anything. It could look like joy. It could look like some like. Holy Spirit intoxication. It can look like tongues or prophecy or gifts. It can look like boldness, conviction, freedom. Do you know? Like, uh, uh, it, it can look like tears. It can look like you're just quiet. You just are there, quiet before the Lord. You can't move. You don't want to say anything. It can look like anything. It doesn't matter really what we look like. What matters is, do you know, a lot of people go... Am I, you know, a lot of times we process what God's doing through the lens of, am I comfortable with it and do I like it? We don't realize we do that, but we do, we, we do that sometimes. And I've been made comfortable by something God's doing around me sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I don't know, I'm a feel, I mean, I'm not afraid. I just, it feels a little awkward. Like, this person's like, ah, you know, and I've been that person. But, but like, you know, and, and you're like, Sometimes it feels, but the point is, it doesn't really matter what I feel like or what it looks like. The only question is, 
is it God? That's the question, right? Because after I know it's God, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. And if I'm, if I'm uncomfortable, then I'm uncomfortable, but it's God. And I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to embrace God. And so I just say, you know what, God? Do whatever you're doing. And uh, I want what you're doing. I trust you. And I don't have to always understand. And, and so, um, so let's make an agreement together. Can we? As a family here, as Mountain Chapel, you can stand. Would everyone stand with me? You know, the, let's just make an agreement together that uh, this is a place, our life, our individual life. Well, just as we sang today, you know, come and consume all we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. How many will say that today? Come on. <laughs> so let's just let's just make a declaration. Let's say, God, here I am. Do what you want. Have your way. And then as an agreement, we make an agreement together um, that uh, in this place is a place that God can be God. Amen. So, so Father, uh, let's just say, Lord, in this place, do whatever you want. We know it's good. Uh-oh, let's say this. We're not even capable. Of dreaming of enough goodness to match your desire for us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Father, I pray that uh, the seeds would go deep, that you would speak, that there would be revelation poured out in every heart and mind and life today and throughout the week and as we go along. We just thank you for what you're doing in our midst. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, uh, really quick, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord and, um, and you want to, could the ministry team come up? Uh, just, just, I just want to make it really quick. If that's you, maybe you walked in the back and I don't see you. If that's you, uh, raise your hand and just say, you know what? Today I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to walk with him. And um, I want to be born again. I want to find out what that means. If that's you, go to raise your hand today. That little buddy raised his hand over there. That's awesome. God bless that heart. Amen. Yeah, God's doing that. So, uh, and if you want to receive prayer today, please come forward. The prayer team's here. 